the only way I've, I've done deals since then has been through syndication. And so to me, like you can find much better deals where you're taking on partnerships, where you're dealing with, you know, larger property management companies and all that sort of stuff. So for me personally, I much rather have partnerships involved in taking down a, uh, a property than just me trying to do it all on my own. There's obviously risk with any sort of investment strategy and you help to kind of divest some of that risk associated with purchase of a real estate property with partners. Welcome back to the Real Estate Syndication Show with the world-famous Whitney Sewell. Now, you're probably recognizing it's a different voice. It's his buddy, Josh McCallan, your buddy. So honored to be part of the guest host core here at the Real Estate Syndication Show. Thank you, Whitney. Today's a treat. I'm excited to get to know uh, a new friend here, Corey Chonsky. Probably have come across him in your research, everybody from the Real Estate Syndication Show. This group, Fairwinds Capital Investment, it has a great origin story, has a wonderful track record and growing. And we're going to dig into Corey's background in commercial real estate his work in the military as well, and his success across multiple states of multifamily investing, now amassing a portfolio that is over $1 million. So it's exciting to meet a guy like Corey. So let's bring him out of the uh, the waiting room, bring him right on the stage. Corey Chonsky, welcome to the big stage. All right. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So Corey, right off the bat, we want to hear a little more about you. For those of us who have not yet met you that are out there listening, we already are intrigued by fair winds. We're intrigued by your story here, but can you tell a little more about yourself, where you come from and where you live today? Yeah. So uh, my name is Corey Chosky. I'm one of the co-founders of Fairwinds Capital Investments. Back when we founded Fairwinds, uh, it was founded by, you know, naval officers that we, we actually connected through real estate as opposed to the Navy. It's just, we were in a very Navy heavy town in Norfolk, Virginia, where I actually still live today. So I was in the Navy for almost 23 years where I started my real estate investment journey dating all the way back to 2012. And uh, like a lot of investors, I started with single family and actually a lot of military investors. I started with my own personal residence that I got transferred away and converted that into a single family rental. And then I kind of took a few years off because I had a lot of transfers and moving going on for that period of time. And then when I got stationed here in Norfolk, Virginia, back in 2015, I really uh, went full throttle and closed on our new house here in Norfolk. And then I closed on my my first rental in September of 2015. And uh, I actually wrote an article about this, but I consider myself having two first time rentals just because of the experience that I had with each one, it was just so different. But at the same time, it mirrors how a lot of people started in real estate. So um, yeah, my f- second first rental, I'll say in September of 2015. It's an interesting article. So yeah, then I started with single family and I started just acquiring them over the next couple of years and then transitioned to your smaller residential multifamily properties into uh, commercial multifamily. And then, you know, even if you're successful using the Burr method, uh, you're not ever really able to capture all of your equity back. At least, you know, the longer you do it, it's some of it does get stuck and you get really limited on the back end as you start to do your renovations and you you start to refinance. And that's kind of the position where I was in 2019. I purchased several commercial size multifamily, you know, smaller eight to 12 units 
And at that point, my personal portfolio had kind of grown to, I think, about 60 units. But like many real estate investors, I was addicted at that point. Like you can't just be like, I'm going to sit on the sideline until I'm able to pull out my equity. And so then I had to discover how I was going to go about continuing my real estate investment journey without a significant amount of capital in my own accounts in order to continue buying larger uh, commercial multifamily. So that's kind of when I jumped into syndications and partnerships and stuff like that. Really up to that point, I had been doing everything on my own in terms of, you know, finding properties, purchasing them, overseeing renovations and, you know, using my own capital. Yeah. What a great kind of well-rounded story there. I would love to dig into it a little bit because there's some unique elements. The military background, for one, did you study at the Naval Academy originally? I did not. Actually, I, uh, I joined the Navy as an enlisted nuclear machinist mate. And yeah, from that point, I got selected to be a staff instructor after I finished my student time. And then I got selected for a commissioning program at the end of that instructor tour. And then I went to the University of Wisconsin. So big, huge Badger fan. If you want to distract me with something that isn't real estate, talk to me about Wisconsin sports. So with that then, okay. So one of the things I do point out though, even though that's your journey, not necessarily through the Naval Academy, you and I were chatting that you have an asset that you've Uh, recently acquired over the last year or so outside of Annapolis. And of course we do too out in that area. So we'll chat about that later, but let's get back to the journey. You know, this idea is not normal. It's not common for people to be able to jump from single family rental to commercial real estate. Corey, I wanted to just ask a little bit more about uh, this jump, the jump from your two first single family rentals. I love that you've had two firsts, 2012, 2015, but the mental shift, the mental mindset to leave single family and ultimately start doing commercial. What was going on in your personal life at that time? Were you in education? Were you absorbing mentorship? How did you make that shift? Not many people do that. Yeah. So for me, um, when I first started, so after I bought my first home and then turned it into a rental, I really, that's kind of after that, I started my real estate education experience, you know, through listening to the podcast, going to Bigger Pockets, reading a ton of books, which all started with obviously Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like a lot of people. And so my education experience as I went to Norfolk to, you know, further my, my investing career, that was different than what it was before. And so when I restarted, I mean, the intent was to figure out how to get into apartments, not just single family. But, you know, single family is what I knew and I knew I wanted to get started. So that to me made sense. Like I wanted to at least do something to get started. So that's where the the single families came in. But yeah, my goal always had been to go buy something with multi units to it, whether that's eight units or obviously later on over a hundred units. Honestly, I never thought I would be in a position where I could own a property that had over a hundred units. You know, in the beginning, I thought, man, I would love to own a sixplex or an eightplex or a quad or something like that. That seems like a crazy goal and something that I was driven to figure that out. And so with that in mind, I was always looking for, you know, something that could add units, whether that was a duplex or a quad, which, you know, I worked my way up that ladder. And then my first one that was greater than four was a eightplex that I got off market. And it was really just me cultivating the team that I'd built here locally, more so than going out and doing mastermind courses or taking on mentors. Like I said, up until I got to the point where I was like, I need 
to go syndication, I was doing a lot of this on my own. I was very poor at networking. I was very poor with finding partnerships and all that sort of stuff because I was like, oh, I can just go do this all on my own. If I can get a property that I 100% ownership on, that to me seemed better than 10% of a larger property. Has your mind shift? Have you changed your mind on that? Or is that still how, you know, what would be your answer? Is it better to own it 100% today since you brought it up? Or is it better to do it the way you do it now with investors? Really since then, uh, since I started syndication, the only way I've, I've done deals since then has been through syndication. And so to me, like you can find much better deals where you're taking on partnerships, where you're dealing with, you know, larger property management companies and all that sort of stuff. So for me personally, I much rather have partnerships involved in taking down a, uh, a property than just me trying to do it all on my own. You know, there, there's obviously risk with any sort of investment strategy and you help to kind of divest some of that risk associated with purchase of a real estate property uh, with partners so that it's not necessarily all on you. So, I mean, that's one of the benefits. You can find deals out there where you may have 10, 15% of the deal, but you may, because it's such a good deal, you could still cash flow more than if you had owned a different property at 100%. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all on board with partnerships and investor dollars, my own dollars and bringing it all together to take down a uh, good deal. And jumping into your life today. So with Fairwinds, is this full-time for you or do you still have any work with the military? No, I retired back in October of 2021. And so I do Fairwinds full-time. I obviously still have my own personal portfolio that I, I deal with aside from that, but doing Fairwinds and asset management for, for all of our properties is what I do full-time now. Are you ready to take the next step in your multifamily investing career? The time has never been better than now. Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop is a comprehensive live training course that will help increase your skills, knowledge, confidence as an investor before you invest. This workshop is a unique experience that provides hands-on instruction and guidance directly from Mark Kinney, who has completed over 100 multifamily syndications valued at over $1 billion. This course goes beyond theory as you will be presented with real case studies and practice scenarios to work out in class. By the end of the training, you will have significantly improved your ability to evaluate deals quickly, make informed decisions, and take your investing skills to the next level with confidence. For more information and to register for Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W, use code Whitney100 to save $100. The Deal Analysis Workshop is designed for both beginner and experienced investors. Whether you are looking for a foundational understanding of how to analyze multifamily investments or looking for fresh insight on how to pivot your analysis method, For this current market cycle, this is a workshop you have been looking for. Register today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W. Use code Whitney100 to save $100. All right. Well, then, you know, this is a question we like to ask different founders like yourself. There's so many different parts to commercial real estate investing, everything from deal finding, which is complicated and can be time consuming, deal negotiating, deal structuring with finance, you know, securing debt. There's other skills out there about raising capital for the equity side. And then there's the running and operating the building, whether it be asset management or direct property management or both. And then there's the value add component of building 
and construction management oversight of all the the smorgasbord of elements that go into commercial real estate and multifamily. What parts do you say you as an individual excel at? Uh, I really think I'm driven more towards the asset management because of my background in the Navy. Even though I was an engineer in the Navy, I like to refer to it as operational engineering. So it was, you know, ensuring systems were operating correctly. If things would break down, going in and, you know, making sure they were corrected in a timely fashion. And so I really feel that my, my strengths as a real estate investor are more geared towards asset management operations and um, just financial stuff. Stuff. You know, stuff with numbers, stuff with deadlines, stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I have experience in all aspects of like a, a deal life cycle. Uh, I've raised capital. I've dealt with the acquisition side, done a lot of underwriting, dealt with lenders through acquisitions or refinance. So, I mean, I have experience in all of that. But I think when it boils down to it, I think my skill set is more geared towards asset management than it is, say, acquisitions. So your team today consists of at least four founders, correct? And then do you have other teammates as well? Uh, technically, only three of the four of us are were there for the founding of the company. We, we ended up bringing Jaspreet in several months later because uh, some things that we, we have planned for down the road, he has experience in that we don't necessarily have that skill set. So it seemed like a good fit. And so he's been on the team for maybe about 18 months. And with the rest of the team, has everyone moved to full-time or are people still in the military, the Navy? Uh, the only one that is not full-time is Jonathan. He had just a few years left on his Navy career. He actually got stationed down in Florida for his, what we call twilight tour, where it's like, here's some not super difficult job to allow you to meet your 20 years and retire. So yeah, that's what he's doing now. It's exciting. Okay. So now we're jumping into it. Projects. You guys have done numerous projects. How many projects are you, have you done and how many are you still in? So um, we did do a couple syndications before we came together as Fairwinds Capital Investments. But in terms of just Fairwinds, since we traded Fairwinds, we have, let's see. Yeah, we are at about seven projects that we are a part of. And in those, are any under construction today and in the value add turnarounds? Yeah. So we have two of our Houston properties that are going through renovations right now. They've been going through renovations for about 12. 13 months on one and the other one's at about 10 months. Uh, we actually just completed our renovation plan on a local deal here that we actually got off auction. So basically took a property from less than 20% occupancy. And now we should be 100% here later this week, I believe, maybe next week. And that's in Norfolk? Uh, Chesapeake, which is part of Hampton Roads, yeah. Okay. And with that, that's quite exciting, by the way. So let's use that as a case study for cost. What does a deal typically cost in that scenario? How much money are these projects and how much is equity and debt? So for that one, uh, we raised about $900,000 for the deal. Uh, we purchased the property. It was a 48 units. We purchased the property for about two and a half million dollars and put about $1.4 million into the, into the deal. And 1.4 million. So you're all in for three, nine, basically. And how many units again? 48. 48. And what is the exit strategy? You'll sell it or will you hold that and refinance? So right now we're looking to refinance it. We did have a short term bridge loan on it, uh, which provided the renovation funds for the deal. Now that we've basically hit over 90%, we're looking to get agency debt on the property. So we're working with some lenders right now. We actually just went over 90% at the beginning of February. 
Congratulations. And with that, the $900,000 of investment, did you raise that through syndication in the 506B you know, for a sophisticated investor or the 506C for a credit investor model? That one was a 506B. So we raised that from our network. Great. You've done a great job of helping us understand how your world works. Now, there's this other component, and we're going to talk a little bit about where you see your business growing and uh, what do you predict is going to happen in the economy. But let's talk about debt first. When you go to get debt, what are you finding out there, either bridge debt or and or agency debt? Talk to me about what your company is finding in the world of debt today. Yeah. So I'm not sure if we talked about this already, but we uh, we actually just broke contract during our due diligence period on a project that we were going to go after in Houston. We, we kind of looked at it from a different perspective because on deals that we were seeing last year, we were in that five and a half to six percent, which was obviously creeping up. So we we wanted to kind of look at a different finance option for this deal that we were going after in Houston. And what we were looking at doing, especially since the occupancy was over 90 percent, uh, we were going to go after a Fannie Mae senior debt and then partner that with preferred equity to help for the closing costs and some of the renovation costs. And that preferred act- equity was actually going to provide money up front and then provide money for, you know, down the road for free future uses. And then we were going to raise another, I think it was uh, $2 million outside of the preferred equity. Uh, so we were looking to really reduce that blended rate as much as possible. Whereas if you go and you get bridged at, I think what you're seeing right now could be around seven, seven and a half, depending on what lender you go with. I mean, that could some bridge loans, I mean, you're going to be in that nine to 10% range, depending on the lender. And so really, for us, we wanted to get as much capital as cheap as possible. And we went with the blended approach. And you you said you recently backed out of it. What made you back out of it, though? Uh, there are a few things that we found during the due diligence period that were, you know, in excess of what our renovation plan was. And so we went back to the seller and said, Hey, based on what we're finding, we want to uh, reduce the, the purchase price and to offset for these costs. They went a budge. And so we, you know, we passed. You know, what's interesting for a group of sh- our show like this. So the real estate syndication show is. Sometimes people listening today are passive investors. Sometimes people listening today are active leaders of of sponsorship entities like yourself and myself. It's always good to just get a, a snapshot from professionals like you. Use that one for an example with the high cost of value add. So you ended up walking away probably very prudently. What was the unit value that you were willing to pay? If you just take the price divided by the units, what was the unit price you know, within generalities. Okay. I got to think back to some of the numbers here. So our purchase price was a little over nine. I think we were in with like closing costs and everything outside of the renovation plan was about 75K a door. So the renovation plan, I think it was about 1.6 or 1.7 million. And based on a lot of things associated with that area of the market, like we felt like we could provide a decent return. And there are some things that we found out about the market through due diligence that didn't come up prior to. So when we combine that with, say, now a renovation cost going from 1.6, you know, 1.6, 1.7 to say two and a half, that increase of eight, nine hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars 
you know, that really then impacts your returns that you're able to provide. And so I can't remember exactly what it was per unit for total cost of the project, just off the top of my head. But in reality, with that additional renovation cost, it, you know, now we were looking at returns in the low teens that felt like it was better to try to renegotiate than, you know, just kind of like suck it up and move forward. And the rents in that market, do you remember what you were underwriting? Uh, I want to say, so they... The property had one ones, two ones, and I think a couple two twos. And we were in the range of thinking post renovation that we were maybe nine fifty to twelve seventy-five, depending on the floor plan. So to some a rough analysis done on my pencil over here, it looks like you were seventy-five plus about ten is about eighty-five, maybe call it almost ninety thousand a door. And you thought you could get that one percent rent on that one month's rent, I should say, basically each month's rent is about a 1% value of the unit, but it still didn't exactly come out with the new high interest rates, which is part of what's going on in the whole country these days. Houston seems like a great market. So well done building a beachhead there. As a Navy officer, I imagine you love beachheads. So uh, where else are you guys looking to invest other than Houston these days? Yeah, I mean, so there's uh, several uh, markets in Florida that we like. My partner, Jonathan, who's at the end of his Navy career, he's actually in Jacksonville. And then he commutes to uh, Gainesville every day. You know, we, we're really interested, especially since he's there, to be able to get stuff. And actually, one of the properties that we were partnership on last year is in Jacksonville. So at the same time, we want to get in and be the lead sponsors on a deal down there. So, And have you done it where you're a partner sponsor? Yeah. So we have another project in, in Houston. We're doing a hotel to multifamily conversion where we're um, co-GP junior sponsor on the deal. We haven't really done a hotel to multifamily conversion at, at that like size. And so we wanted to partner with a group that has a, a ton of experience. And so we came in and filled out the last portion of the capital stack. And we're along for the ride and, and learning along the way. So smart move. Well, you know, you've done a great job here today. If people want to find out more about you and about Fairwinds, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, you can you can find Fairwinds at our website, which is fwcinvestments.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as uh, we have a company profile on there as well as Facebook. Otherwise, you can email me at Corey, C-O-R-E-Y at fwcinvestments.com fwcinvestments.com. It is an absolute pleasure to get to know you. Thank you for your service in the military. And we look forward to the next time we all get together. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.